All right, everybody, welcome in. Top 3 Jungle New York Baseball Podcast. Back after a week hiatus because, well, the 4th of July, America. Uh, coming to you guys live from the third floor of North Park Building, Santa Falls, New York, FingerLakes1.com. I am Paul Russo. Alongside me, as always, to my right, Kyle Evans. Man behind the scenes, Nate Sharman. Good to be back with you boys in the studio. Uh, good 4th of July for y'all. Hang out, have some, have some hot dogs. Burgers, whatever you're fancy, I suppose. Oh yeah, it was great. I'm so glad to be back here. <laughs> yep, Paul. A couple, uh, couple Jenny Colches, couple uh, hot dogs. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to spend the Fourth of July weekend. Expect nothing less than from you, Mister Rochester. Forgot a rare Pirates win. We'll get to that. <laughs> uh, you were in attendance for a Yankee Yankee games at least over the weekend. Yeah, nice doubleheader. Yeah. Long day of baseball. Mm-hmm. Enjoyed it, except for getting burnt. How are you feeling? I, but I know uh, you're looking better than you were on Monday or Tuesday, at least, uh, when we saw you, at least here in, in the office. But uh, you you feeling a little bit better? Yeah, I can finally sleep without it burning every <laughs> oh, night. No. Just think about immediately when you get into bed and the sheets just touch you, and it's like, ooh. I had, I had a buddy in college one time. Um, they went on spring break down to Florida, and they – he fell asleep on the beach, and the bottom of his feet burned. Ooh. Ouch. Yeah. yeah. Imagine Kyle Evans on Tuesday night had to uh, go to sleep with that and uh, and think about how this team <laughs> lost to the Pirates. It was a rough night, to say the least. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, obviously we'll, we'll touch on the Yankees series. They split with the Pirates. Uh, the Mets uh, took a series from Cincinnati, uh, and we'll touch on that, obviously. And then the local teams, you know, Rochester – Syracuse full full slate of baseball that uh, we'll jump right on into, um, you know coming up. So so we'll try and also I'll do this quickly here. Obviously coming up we got the All Star break coming up here and technically what is it now? I guess ten days, right? Whatever technically it would be, give or take ish, or no, a little bit more than that, I guess I suppose. But um, I forgot that they kicked the All Star break a, a week out this year because of. Uh, Rob Manfraud and uh, the lockout, but um, uh, we'll uh, we'll discuss it some point next week. I don't know if we'll do it Monday. I don't know if we'll do it Thursday. I think it depends kind of how the series, at least for the MLB teams, kind of play out. But we'll do our we'll do our All Star ballots at some point next week. Who we feel personally should be in. So um, yeah, the games on the nineteenth yeah. and the derbies on the eighteenth. Yeah. So um, and we'll also I think that Monday of the because the home run derby obviously is a Monday. I think we'll have some fun. Uh, with that as well that day, since obviously there won't be a ton to talk about uh, overall, you know, uh, some fictional fun stuff. But either way, we'll jump right into uh, what what everybody comes here for, and that's baseball talk of the current form. Uh, we'll start with the Yankees. Uh, at least game recap-wise, we'll be able to crank this one out uh, quickly than, than some others, but... Uh, Tuesday, only a two-game series in Pittsburgh. So Tuesday, uh, Pittsburgh 5, the Yankees 2. Jose Katana turning back the clock, picks up the win. And 2-4 and four on the year now, a 3-3-3 RA for him. He's uh, actually done sneakily well. Um, the uh, I guess he'd be the Francisco Lariano of this decade for the Pirates if this continued. Um, lost former Pirate Jamison Tyone. Second loss on the year, nine and two, still a three six three ERA, still a very good year for him. David Bendar pick up the save for the Pirates out of the pen, his thirteenth on the year. Your top Yankee performers: Isaiah Connor Falefa went three for four, double and a run scored. Matt Carpenter two for four and an RBI. And Glaber Torres two for three, double a run scored and a walk. So, 
Uh, the Yankee bats has kind of got going a little bit, I wouldn't say too, too little, too late type deal. But, um, you know, I guess, again, if there's any uh, any solace in this or anything to, to really pull away from the Yankees side of things, right? Tyone didn't, didn't pitch incredibly awful, um, at least in my mind. Obviously, it wasn't uh, an A-plus star by any means, but one really degrade it down to say like a D or an F or anything like that just kind of like one of those starts where you know you're not you're not on your best but you're not at your worst you're just kind of stuck in the middle somewhere and it's kind of hard to get out of it but um you know again some of these guys and it, it, again this was nice to see kind of I guess a little bit you know with yesterday's game but you know um Tuesday's game, you know, the bigger bats kind of fell quiet a little bit. There was a bit of a lineup shakeup, and we'll touch on that in a little bit. Uh, but, you know, again, guys like IKF, Matt Carpenter stepped up, and Glaber, um, you know, we, again, getting lost in the shuffle with, with the way Judge and Stanton and Rizzo and, and the bigger guys have been all year has been Glaber. Um, he, again, had a really good offensive day at the dish uh, on Tuesday, but um, you know, the, the the small guys, the scrappy guys that we have on the team really, really stepping up at least uh, on Tuesday, at least provide some sort of offensive output. Yeah, it was really good to see the bottom of the order kind of produce a little bit offensively. Um, it was just kind of a rough day with runners in scoring mm-hmm. position. They went two for nine. They they had they had a lot of traffic on the bases throughout the game. Mm-hmm. They just couldn't they just couldn't get that big hit to kind of come through and make it more of a tight game and. Pittsburgh just pulled away at the end, and it's just a rough loss. Go ahead, Nate. I'll allow you to do it. Yes, it was. It was. It felt good, uh, especially watching oh, in the. This, a, this uh, was not what I was talking about, though. Oh, the applause! For, I was going to wait for to talk about Joey Gallo in the next game, oh, but I, um, I was giving you, I was giving him the lane for the poverty franchise joke. <laughs> no, I don't have that joke. Um, it was just, it was nice to watch that game, especially in a uh, bar full of Yankee fans that night. Oh. Jack Sawinski hit that uh, bomb the right center. Mm-hmm. A lot of silence was going Jack, on. Jack, Jack, baby, Jack, Jack. A lot of silence was going on. <laughs> I'll say this, and I, before I guess we obviously before we jump into Wednesday's game, which will contradict what I'm about to say, this Pirates team really, to be fair, I, I, the offensive line of the past couple of years has been really good. Um, you, it's just that their pitching has been such <laughs> more or less rock fighting with each other that it tends to be a little bit. Uh, debatable at times and and this year this year's weird I mean they, they do have some pitching but um it, it's kind of like if the pitching's on usually the offense isn't there vice versa for them anyway here I'll make an excuse real quick okay. they only lost because Anthony Rizzo wasn't in the lineup <laughs> um sorry I had to make a quick adjustment down there um yeah so obviously you mentioned that we'll touch on that though in a quick second after we get through Last night's uh, offensive bombardment by the Yankees, sixteen to nothing victory. Uh, Luis Severino picks up the win, moves to five and three on the year. Uh, ERA now dips a little bit more to three one one, where it was uh, a couple weeks ago. Mitch Keller, the loss, two and six, five two one ERA. Um, really, it, Keller was able to kind of keep the Yankees in check. It wasn't until really they got to the bullpen where where the for real stuff hit the fan. Severino went six innings, four hits, and three strikeouts for him. Aaron Judge, three for four, home run, double, walk, four RBIs, run, scored, stolen base, and much, 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 much to your chagrin, Kyle. Aaron Hicks, two for two, a home run, a double, four RBIs, and two runs scored. But uh, that being said, uh, 
you know, like I say, the top performers we pull from, you know, what the MLB says were the quality performers of the day. But uh, for the Yankees, um, you could certainly go down the line and take your pick of who your top performers could have been. Yeah, Joey Gallo wasn't a quality performer despite (laughs) going yard. Um, The guy, I don't know how they continue to run him out there. I've said it over and over again, but yeah. Joey Gallo did homer. Mm -hmm. Gashioka homered. um, Donaldson homered. Mm -hmm. Just a lot of guys. I think they hit a total of six last night. Yeah. So. Um, you know, and, and the thing with last night too is, and this can be our uh, another point of discussion because uh, I know me and me and you, Nate, were actually talking about a little bit uh, uh, before you even got here, Kyle, a little bit. And um, this is a thing that's been brought up now over the course of really the past. Uh, I, I'd say going back to 2019, so about the past four collective seasons or so, when when it comes to position players pitching and and where where do you draw a line and and, and stuff like that, but um. Look, it's tough. I mean, you can't. Baseball's the one sport, and you know, I, I say this from, I, I guess, obviously, kind of the knowledge of the game and being kind of all around in pretty much every role you can think of. You know, baseball's the one sport where you know you can't hide. There, there's really no way. You know, at, at some point, you you're due to come up in a spot or something like that, and there's no place to hide. You're all, you know, you're always in, you're always involved. It's not like basketball where you can kind of stash a guy away in the corner if he's only really good on defense but not good at offense type stuff. Um, you know, that being said, you can't expect, I guess, an offensive batter or a batter, right, to just go up there and just not swing. Uh, at the same token, you know, the Pirates are in a tough spot. Um, obviously, you know, the game's out of hand. You don't want to hurt an arm already out there. Um, that's ten, that tends to be why you see the position players out there in, in routes like this uh, for the most part is, um, you know, you don't want to burn one of your actual pitchers up for, for any reason other than, well, we just need a guy out there. Yeah, and it's embarrassing if they were to just stand in the box and strike mm-hmm. out. Right. You still got to compete. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like, it's their fault for falling that far behind. I mean, don't fall, don't fall that far behind and you wouldn't have to throw in a position player. So that's just my thoughts. I don't. I love when teams just continue to pile it on. I don't like how Tony Larusa complains about it all the time. Well, he's <laughs> he's lo- he's losing grip of uh, reality itself, anyway. <laughs> so yeah, my if I'm managing, I'm telling my guys keep swinging it. Let's put up twenty. All right, yeah. yeah, especially if you're Aaron Hicks last night. You know, you're you're a guy that doesn't hit a lot of home runs, mm-hmm. so you get an opportunity there with three guys on and a, sh- a, a, a ball you can swing at and hit far. I don't blame him one bit. Um, yeah, you know, I, I do want to go back again because, you know, you brought up a point, obviously, with Gallo hitting a home run and it's not top performance in the right, but it, news kind of trickled out. I don't know if it was completely, I don't know if it was a, a necessarily uh, meaning, meaning to leak this information slash it just leaked out. Um, it's being reported that at this point the Yankees are going to, give Carpenter probably some innings in the corner outfield spots to just get his bat in the lineup over Gallows at this point, just to try something else. I know over the course of the past week, I've seen a couple different things and obviously, you know, they're, they're two completely different players. Right. Um, but you know, I, I have seen LaCastro's name brought up again, um, just more or less to get a different bat in the lineup. Obviously LaCastro is not a power guy, right? We know what he does. He's a slapper runner, 
but at the very least, you know, he's getting the ball in play in this scenario, which is something that Gallo clearly can't do. I don't know how Miguel Andujar is still down there. Yeah. I, I, after he's raking I think, he is. I think that one goes a little bit deeper. And um, it's actually he's, he's probably part of maybe the equation, just in a different sense. I think what's tough is a lot of the outfield guys that, that could be available via trade. And this doesn't just go for the Yankees. It goes for anybody who's probably going to be a buyer at the deadline. A lot of the outfield guys who who were probably going to be available, the teams that they're on are kind of hanging around at this point, and that's what would make it tough to do. You know, the one name I have seen pop up, and it's cooled off over the course of the past couple of days, is Ben Attendee. Yep. But the Royals are going to justifiably so. I mean, he's having another really good year. Justifiably probably has a fairly hefty price for him in return. You know, that being said, I, I think the Yankees, at least outfield-wise, might have to kind of come from within a little bit to, to find – a scenario, but you know, I know, I think it's Matt Carpenter only has forty innings or something like that in the outfield in his MLB career. Look, he's a very good player. I, he's nowhere near what he was at his peak. You know, six, seven years ago, are, right in the outfield. Well, and that and that's the thing, right? I mean, I don't, I don't think Carpenter's going to put you in a bad spot the way Andujar probably would. I, I do think probably either one of them would be vast improvements, at least in the everyday lineup over Gallo. Um, Bottom line you, is you've mentioned nothing to interrupt, but you mentioned obviously Andujar really does really done well at AAA. The week stint he had up at the big leagues at the beginning of June was really good anyway. Too, I think it was like he slashed two eighty three forty ish, and some I can't remember what his OBP was at the, or slugging was at that point. But he he's been on one this year. I mean, he's had a really good year. The fact that he hasn't been up, I think you know, I'm not. I can't say I'm surprised in that sense that this has kind of been the Yankees' mo with him the past couple years. You know. And now he's justifiably upset, but um, go ahead, take the floor. Um, I was just going to say the bottom line is the Yankees have options, yeah. but they continue to just do the opposite. Like mm-hmm. even Estevan Florial, he just won AAA Player of the Week. He's hitting like 330 over his last, I don't know, 20, 30 games. Yeah. And they just continue to run him out there. And it's just like, when is this going to stop? Like you have options. It's not like you don't have anyone. And I don't want to keep harping on it, right? Because, I mean, the fact of the matter is Gallo's really been the only – I guess in terms of the full length of the season for really has been the only negative portion of the season in that sense. Um, I I thought uh, Pinstripe Alley uh, or um, who's SB Nation, whoever the Yankee account for it. Right? Yeah. yeah, they brought up a good point yesterday uh, on Twitter. Um, somebody when the Yankees were up sixteen nothing. Uh, literally replied to one of their tweets about like if Gallo strikes out here, we should just DFM on the spot. And they brought up a good point. Uh, look, we're up 16 nothing. Like, why are we just harping on Gallo at this point still? Like, we know what it is. Just you have to take the good with the bad in the situation to a degree. And that's true. I think, you know, we are con- just bashing on this guy at this point. And to be honest with you, he's he's a good player. I don't want to sit here and, and – I like the guy. Again, yeah, I like him too. I, I, I just think, I, to me, it feels like it's going to be like a Sunny Gray situation – wherever he ends up going next, he'll go back to what his peak probably was, like Sonny Gray did with Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, and that's the part that sucks. Like, I, I think he's a really good player. I know he's a really good person. Like, it's just in a tough spot right now. And you can tell he's trying. He just yeah. He's not getting results. And when you're not getting results, it's just it's tough. And, and that doubles on. I mean, like baseball, I know I can speak from experience on this. You can speak from experience on this. 
baseball's the one sport, man, where, you know, one thing and you can let that domino more mentally than any other sport because you just start overthinking the situation. Yeah, there's definitely a New York element to it, too, I would yeah. think, oh, right? No, that, well, that's what I'm getting at is, you know, the, the he's, you know, it's the pressure of it, right? I mean, he's grew up a Yankee, grew up a Yankee fan, right? It's, it's the, there's a lot of the jokingly stereotype things that we did with him, right? I mean, at the start of when he first came over from uh, the Rangers last year with Rizzo, they had the, you know, the Italian storefront shirts going, you know, stuff like that. And now, you know, coming this year, you know, he's just in a tough spot. Yeah, it's a good thing that the Yankees are, you know, really good this year because yeah. if they weren't, this would be a much bigger storyline. Mm-hmm. People would be talking about it all the time. Like, right. this is a major problem. I mean, yeah, it's a problem right now, but it's actually not a major problem because the lineup's just insane. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's jump into the news and notes before we get to the Red Sox series. First baseman Anthony Rizzo was scratched from the lab Tuesday night uh, with lower back stiffness. He is considered day-to-day, was held out of the lineup last night. Uh Backs are tough. I mean, uh, you're day-to-day pretty much anyway with them um, the way they are once you have an issue. But um, all things considered, I know Boone said he probably expects him back in the lab at some point over the weekend, just kind of taking it easy with him, no sense in rushing. Uh, Jonathan Lewisaga threw a 25-pitch live batting practice session Tuesday at the Complex in Tampa. He is scheduled to be in his rehab assignment with Single A Tampa over the weekend on Saturday. Random pitcher Ron uh, every t- see here's the thing with Ron's name. Every time I say it over at my desk, I get it right. When I say it in front of Mike, I butcher it. Marinaccio. <laughs> uh, his dealing with dead arm. Uh, Kyle, I'll toss to you for the explanation of what dead arm is. Uh, dead arm just means I don't know. Your arm to me when I was pitching, my arm just felt heavy. Like yeah. you just, it's just not loose. So that's kind of what it is. So he's been placed on the injured list. No exact timetable for him to return. Um, hope this will kind of build back the strength back up a little bit for him there. Domingo Herman threw four more innings for Double A Somerset over the weekend on Sunday. He had an earned run two hits and three strikeouts over four innings. He's expected to have at least one more rehab start, whether it's with Somerset or Scranton, remains to be seen. Uh, Zach Britton also returned to the spring training complex in Tampa over the weekend on Sunday to continue rehabbing. Uh, his timetable is starting to get a little bit more clear. The Yankees expect him back at some point in September uh, as we stand right now. Names that we haven't heard in a while. Right-hand pitcher Steven Ridings uh, still has not thrown since being placed on the 60-day injured list back on April 5th. Surgery still isn't an option on his right shoulder. Still playing a little bit of a waiting game with him. Catcher Ben Rodvet. Uh, has begun taking live batting practice and catching live bullpen sessions. So we get to see if he is an actual person or not, hopefully sooner than later. Um, I think the plan with him is as long as he does a couple more successful ones, the rehab assignment should start. I think he's lost that trade. (laughs) They really did. Um, I don't like it. eh. I mean, even if this guy gets healthy, is he really going to play? Right. Well, yeah. And look at Josh Donaldson. Yeah. Struggling. Besides his homer last night. True. Look at Gio Rochelle just raking. Yeah. Look at Gary. Gary's hitting. True. Yeah, can't argue that. <laughs> I don't know. I just never liked the trade to begin with. Yeah. Manny Bonuelos was traded to the Pittsburgh Pirates for everybody's favorite player, cash considerations. Um, Gave up yeah. a grand slam last night. Yeah. yeah. Aaron Judge. Um, Miguel Castro activated off the restricted list, which means that 
Yankee legend Ryan Weber has been designated for assignment. Oh, he's got a rough life. And left-hand pitcher J.P. Sears has been recalled from AAA Scranton. So that's all your big news and notes for the Yankees. Big list, obviously. Uh, for the Yankees coming up, four games at Boston starting tonight. Red Sox sit at 45 and 37, second in the inter, or the uh, American League East, 14 games back. Um, that's why I'm laughing, 14 yeah. games back. So um, yeah, this should be an interesting one. Scheduled starters tonight, a 7-10 first pitch. And, yes, Garrett Cole, 7-2 on the year, a 2-9-9 ERA. He'll be going against Josh Winkowski, 3-2, a 3-1-2 ERA. Josh Winkowski, not a fan of Wrigley Field or baseball history. Friday, tomorrow night, 7-10 first pitch on Amazon Prime Video or, or, depending upon where you are, MLB Network. Fun fact. <laughs> Good to know, even though MLB Network won't work for me. Well, if you have a VPN... True. Wink, wink, if somebody would like to come sponsor. <laughs> As you would say, Paul, that's a different discussion for a different, a different podcast. podcast. <laughs> well. Nestor Cortez tomorrow, 7-3 and three on the year, 244 ERA. This one is tentative for the Red Sox. Still technically TBA, but they did call up Cutter Crawford, 2-2 two and two on the year, 504 ERA. If you look through the uh, system of who it could be, it would be slated to be him. Saturday, 7-15, first pitch on Fox. Jordan Montgomery, 3-2 and two for the Yankees. 3-1-9 ERA. Again, this one is also a tentative schedule for the Red Sox. Austin Davis is their projected starter. 1-1, one one, a 2-3-0 ERA. And on Sunday night baseball, 7-0-8 first pitch on ESPN. Jamison Tyone, 9-2 on the year. 3-3-2 ERA against Nick Pavetta, 8-6, 3-6-8 ERA. So every game's on a different network. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of prime time slots as well. Mm-hmm. Um. Don't know what to expect with the series. I, I, I expect at minimum a split. I don't think they sweep four games. Again, I, I harp on this all the time. Four-game sweeps are hard. I'm going to go three and one, though. I think the Yankees take the series. Um, I don't know exactly where they get the loss, but, again, I mean, they just struggle to give, like, a guy like Montgomery run support. So I just – I'd imagine one of those games, whether it's tomorrow night or Saturday, being the loss. Yeah, I'm going to say three or four as well. Um, I hope it's not the Sunday night game that they lose. I'd rather have them lose like Thursday. Yeah. I don't want the entire world seeing the Yankees lose on Sunday night baseball. Yeah, and it should be added too, right? I mean, obviously, we, you know, Chris Sale's rehabbing right now. He's coming back. I mean, these are these are some names for the Red Sox that you probably don't exactly recognize, right? I mean, obviously, Pavetta, a name that Yankee fans definitely, baseball fans definitely recognize. Uh, you know, Cutter Crawford, one of the Red Sox higher end prospects within the past couple of years. I know he um, has too many innings or I think it's innings uh, for the prospect list. He's, he's kind of exaggerated. He's expired on that uh, just by the amount of innings he's had. Same with Winkowski at this point, he was a higher end for them, but um, you know, guys that will probably, you, you'll probably keep hearing about in the next couple of years for, for the, for the Red Sox that the Yankees should face this weekend. Let's move on to the Mets. Uh, the Mets, again, took uh, took two of three against Cincinnati, a pesky little red team that at one point was the hottest team in baseball for about three weeks, somehow, some way. Uh, not anymore, though, obviously. Uh, on Monday night, the Mets took a 7-4 to four victory in Cincinnati over the Reds. Taiwan Walker picks up the win, 7-2, a 2-8-6 ERA. Wasco was a Hunter Green, 3-10 uh, and 10 on the year now. 601 ERA. Seth Lugo picked up the save uh, 
for the Mets. Walker went six innings, four hits, three earned, and nine strikeouts. Francisco Lindor, two for four, a home run. Got hit by a pitch, picked up a couple runs across the plate as well. And then Brandon Nimmo, two for four, a home run, a walk, three RBIs, and runs scored. So um, Nimmo's a name that will we'll be talked about again here coming up in just a minute. But uh, Mets golf on a strong foot uh, on Monday, July 4th. And, uh, you know, again, Taiwan Walker being a little bit of an unsung hero in that rotation. Yeah, Taiwan Walker's been so good this year. Like I've said over and over again, I don't know where they would be if they didn't have him this year, especially when their start, their main guys were out with injuries. And, yeah, it was a good way to start uh, the mini road trip, and the next night it wasn't so well. Yeah. Um, mentioned that Tuesday, a one nothing Met loss. Uh, loss to be a walk-off. Hunter Strickland picked up the win for the Reds. Moves a 2-2, two 5-2-0 two, ERA out of the bullpen for him. Same with Seth Lugo. He picked up the loss. His record, obviously, out of the bullpen. 1-2, 3-6-9 ERA. Uh, big note, though, uh, Max Scherzer comes back officially active. Goes six innings, no decision. Only allowed two hits and 11 strikeouts. Uh, that's, I think, above and beyond what you probably could have hoped for in a first start back. And I wasn't just saying this just to say this last week. Mm-hmm. I said, does it really matter if Scherzer and DeGrom come back the way this offense has been? And... I mean, it showed right there. Like, yeah, bringing them back is great for the rotation, but if the offense doesn't give them run support, you're not going to win a game, and that happened. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, I think in that like – they had, I think they had four total hits. Like, they weren't even putting guys on base. Yeah. I mean, in that in that one-game sample, yeah, I, I, I would agree with you there, but I think the way the series was overall tell, tells a little bit of a different story, but definitely agree at least with that sample size. Thank God they woke up late, though, uh, yeah. last night. Um, also, Tuesday, quickly, sorry, Marte, two for two, two walks in a stolen base, and Mark Hanna picked up two hits as well. So, um, But, yeah, you mentioned an 8-3 uh, Met victory last night. Adam Adovino picks up the win out of the bullpen, 3-2, and two, a 2-5-9 ERA. Done really well so far, the pen so far for them. Uh, Dari Moreda picks up the loss Who? for Cincinnati. I don't know. I don't even know how to pronounce <laughs> it right. I apologize if I didn't. 0-2, an 8-2-2 ERA. Top performers for the Mets. Brandon Nimmo, again, uh, he's caught fire here over the course of the past couple weeks. Three for five. Home run, a hit by pitch. Three RBIs, three runs scored. Pete Alonzo went four for five with a double. And then Dom Smith, two for five, a double RBI and two runs scored. So, um, really, you know, you mentioned it came on late, but um, I do want to know, at the very least, you know, this offense now is kind of coming back to, and it showed, I think, one last night a little bit, kind of coming back to what they fully had had at the start of the year. Um, you know, they're, they're still minus a couple guys like, you know, Jankowski's rehabbing, but by the time he comes back up, it'll probably be more of a role player type role. Like he was kind of designated to have anyway. Um, but you know, Nimmo's coming on, um, you know, McNeil's kind of trending in interesting spots overall, but you know, Marte's stayed on pretty good. Alonzo's come on pretty good here. Once again, guys are kind of coming back. Like I said, you know, McCann's coming back as well uh, I'd expect the offense to really just more or less be on the up and up at this point yeah the issue honestly has been runners in scoring position um, before the ninth inning last night they had two runs on 11 hits how do you have 11 hits and just two runs especially against that pitching staff so yeah it, it's honestly just runners in scoring position if they uh, kind of figure that out yeah they're going to be back on track and it was a good way to um, finish off the series and head back home um, some news and notes for the Mets. Obviously, you know, I mentioned guys coming back. Uh, Chris Bassett was placed on the COVID IL retroactive to last Friday. However, is expected to return to the team tomorrow and has cleared 
protocol. Um, I mentioned him a little bit here, Travis Jankowski. The outfielder has begun a rehab assignment with AAA Syracuse on Monday, has been with the team all week. Guessing he'll probably be there at least through today, maybe even tomorrow, just to continue to get some at-bats and get going a little bit. More good news. Right-hand pitcher Jacob deGrom has made his first rehab start with the single-A St. Lucie Mets. Uh, that occurred on Sunday. Topped out at 101 and struck out five of six batters faced. Is slated to pitch again on Saturday. Is that guy human? My God. Well, you know. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> but Also, Trevor May threw his first bullpen session on Saturday. Plan is uh, once again. Throw another one here within the next couple of days, make sure everything's still good before uh, jumping into rehabs. Colin Holderman was recalled from AAA Syracuse, and left-handed pitcher Chasen Shreve was designated for assignment. And I wanted that move last week if I were the Mets, <laughs> and it finally happened. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I'm guessing uh, – I like the guy. I just it – is, It is of note, though, that they do only have one left-handed pitcher now in the bullpen, though, with Yoli Rodriguez, so – be interested to kind of see what happens I, i'd say at that point sure will get a job soon for sure i mean he always does he he's good this rough spot and i mean you can never have too many lefties i'd be a minor league deal with the new york yankees <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't say no i mean i i liked him when he was with the yankees yeah me too so. uh, and i've liked him since i mean i again lefty crafty doesn't throw hard but crafty i actually did an interview with him really one of my first interviews with oh. my my account yeah nice all right for the mets coming up this weekend much like the Yankees, a four-game series, but they are home against the Fighting Fish, Miami Marlins. Tough guys. They're coming on strong again as of late. I've been mentioning them. They're 39-41, fourth in the NL East, but 11 games back. Tells you all you need to know sometimes about standings. Uh, again, a Thursday through Sunday matchup. There tonight, 7-10 first pitch on SNY. Daniel Castano picks up the start for the Marlins. He's 1-1 on the year, 2-4-2 ERA. Trevor Williams gets the nod. For the Mets, he's one in five, four, three, four ERA. Um, be interested, kind of see what happens there tonight, tomorrow night, Friday, seven ten. Also on SNY, Pablo Lopez, five and four, two and nine, two nine seven ERA against Chris Bassett. Is scheduled to pitch tomorrow. Just an FYI, everyone could change still, admittedly, but uh, it is expected that he'll get the start tomorrow. Six and five, a four zero one ERA. On Saturday, a 4-10 first pitch on SNY. Braxton Garrett, the nod for Miami, 1-3. A 4-2-5 ERA against Carlos Carrasco, 9-4, 4-6-4 ERA. And then on Sunday at 1-40, first pitch on your local picks affiliate, Sandy Alcantara, 9-3 on the year, a 1-8-2 ERA against Taiwan Walker, 7-2, and a 2-8-6 ERA. It's too bad they're going to have to end the series against that guy. Mm -hmm. That guy's been insane this year. Well, they're also, you know, obviously Sandy's, we know about Sandy, but Pablo Lopez is, you know, I know the record says a little bit otherwise because it's five and four, but I mean he's just as—I don't think he's as good as Sandy, right? But he's just as impactful as Sandy is for the Marlins. Yeah, and this Marlins team—I just looked—they're seven and three in their last ten, and they're, they're only pesky. three games out of a wild card. I, I, I've been saying for the past couple of weeks, man, they're they're a pesky little team, um, and and they're doing this, and they're doing it without Jazz Chisholm. He's still on the IL with a back problem, so we have to go back to this meeting with Don Mattingly. Yeah, <laughs> or minus Don Mattingly. <laughs> a joke. Well. Yeah, I'm not a big fun fact. I'm not a big Donnie baseball guy. I guess it woke the team up a little bit. Yeah, it's true. Um, this is tough, tough one. I, I definitely don't think the Mets sweep. I think it's either a split or three and one. 
the tough spot here is I don't know how far along Trevor Williams will make it tonight. So I'm going to go split. I feel like that's the safer play. I think they're going to split. Yeah, I'm going to go split too. Oh, you're you're ooing and me and then you're so, yeah, split. I just didn't <laughs> think you would say that about the New York Mets. Well, it, it, it's tough, and I don't like bashing on Trevor Williams, but, man, I, they just throw him in these spot starts, I think, only because they just need a guy out there sometimes. Yeah, I think they which, lose. Which, I mean, obviously, right, baseball, you need a pitcher to play, but, I mean, he was brought over to be a long relief guy, not, not really get these spot starts. Yeah, I think they lose Friday and Sunday. That's my guess. I think it's tonight and, and Sunday for me. That's what I'm going with anyway. I don't know. We'll it's see. baseball. Remains yeah. to be seen. Our guests really don't mean anything. <laughs> Our guests would be as good as anybody else's. All right, let's uh, head down on the, to the farm for the final few moments here. Uh, both the uh, Rochester Red Wings and the Syracuse Mets are on the road this week. Um, both return home, though, next week, but obviously we'll preview that on Monday. Start with Rochester. 42-38, and 38, fifth in the International League East, uh, but that's a bit deceptive because – there are four teams currently tied in first place in the International League East. The Rochester Red Wings are one game out. <laughs> that's so. That's such a tight division. Yeah. I believe it's. I. I. I believe it's. Lee. Uh, is it Lehigh Valley? Um, Durham is in first. I know Durham, Jacksonville, Lehigh Valley, Lehigh Valley, and Buffalo. Um, I can't remember what the fourth team one is, but there are four teams tied. Like it's just absolutely crazy. Is it the Who Sox? Yeah. Well, it's absolutely and then Buffalo and then Rochester. It's it's absolutely nutty that that how tight the International East is. Um, yeah, and I think it says I think it says a lot about how far along it from the start of the year that we've become. And really, you you see with a team like the S Mets, and we'll touch on them obviously in a minute anyway. Yeah, and even Scranton has kind of caught up a bit. Yeah. They kind of fell way behind early, and right. they're right back in it. Uh, for Rochester, though, July fourth, Monday. Uh, usually, you know, minor leagues, right? We've we've said throughout the year, Mondays usually they're off there, their travel day. Uh, but with July fourth being Monday, they played Monday. We're off Tuesday. This was across all every division, as far as I know, anyway. That was good that they did that. Yeah, I like that. Agreed, especially since I know some teams didn't have that chance with more with Memorial Day. So on Monday, though, Lehigh Valley a five one victory over Rochester. James Marvel picked up the win, moves to three and six on year. Heffrey Rodriguez. The loss for Rochester, one and two on the year now for him. Uh, that was out of the bullpen. Carson Teal got the start for Rochester, no decisions. Uh, went four innings, three hits, and earned run, two walks, and a K. So um, good start for him. Pitch count just got a little bit up. Uh, kind of got, like I said, it's not like he got chased out there. Did a really quality start for him. Jake Knoll went one for three with an RBI. Josh Palacios went one for four with an run scored. So uh, just a tough game out of the gate for Rochester. Um, like I said, I mean, Teal – Pitched well to, to get the game going, just couldn't get anything really going uh, beyond that. Yeah, even if he didn't allow – or even if he allowed just a run, I mean – or a less than a run, the offense didn't really do a whole lot to kind of, you know, get him a win. Mm-hmm. So, Good news was, though, after the off day on Tuesday, Wednesday, yesterday, a nice 4 nothing win for the Red Wings or the Iron Pigs. Cade Cavalli picks up the win 4-3 and three on the year. Now Kent Emanuel took the loss 4 uh, Lehigh Valley 0-1 on the year, his first uh, decision. Your top performers, Cade Cavalli, seven innings pitched, two hits, seven Ks, no walks. Uh, more importantly, was perfect through five and two-thirds innings. Um, so, uh, you know, he's a guy that we've talked about, you know, plenty of times on here, and I think, um, you know, I, I do think he's really starting to turn the corner of the past. Obviously, it, it goes beyond saying what yesterday was. I mean, that's above a quality start. Uh, but he's been finally getting quality starts strung together, um, 
and hopefully takes the next, I guess, turn, which is really have, you know, maybe not be perfect through five and two thirds every game. Right. But, you know, start having just those really, really good games um, consecutively now. Yeah. He matched his uh, season high with seven innings and he looked really good. Mm -hmm. Um, He's had some very um, bad outings this year and then some really good outings. It's just kind of consistency. Um, I think his uh, control sometimes is a bit off, and uh, if he continues to pitch this well, I think he'll eventually get the call. Mm-hmm. Jake Knoll, two for four, a double home run, three RBIs total, and a run scored. And Joey Manessis, uh, the menace yesterday, four for four, an RBI, a walk, and a run scored. Um, so good to see, I guess, some of the, the bats really come alive, like I said, on uh, uh, yesterday. Um you know, this Rochester team, again, uh, and I'll bring this up of note here in a second, uh, they've been dealing with a lot of roster, you know, fluidity because, you know, Washington's just trying out different guys now. Uh, I mean, Luis Garcia is probably going to be staying up with Washington the rest of the year at this point. Um, it's gotten off to a really good start with them since the call-up at the beginning of the month, or well, last month, I guess, rather. I forget that we're in July at this point. Um, so, um you know, like I said, uh, prime example of this, catcher Trace Barrera was uh, recalled by Washington, and catcher Riley Adams was optioned to Rochester. Uh, pitcher Jordan Weems was recalled uh, to Washington. Uh, with the condition of this back end of it was the fact that Hunter Harvey is on rehab assignment w- with Rochester, guessing Weems will be back down once Harvey comes back from the rehab assignment. Um, starter tonight, a 7.05 start for Rochester. Corey Abbott, he's looking for his first win with the Red Wings this year, over four uh, against TBA for Lehigh Valley. Uh, they they do some really weird stuff. The Iron Pigs, it's confusing, but um, I know, Kyle, you got um, a couple of the other, or, well, at least tomorrow's starter for Rochester, uh, correct? Yeah, I, I believe it's going to be Annabelle Sanchez. Okay. Uh, I believe that'll be his third rehab start. So I think they're just really giving him a lot of starts before they send him back. Yeah. Um, let's see right here. Mm-hmm. Yep, it is. So, yeah, probably one more or so for him and um, just get the legs going a little bit for Annabelle. I mean, he's, you know, guy that uh, can can certainly eat up innings if you needed him to, and that's probably more or less what they're doing at this point. And I think say. they're trying to stretch him out a little bit. Yeah. If I remember right, he hasn't really gone uh, that many innings mm-hmm. in his first two starts. You're right. So. Moving on to the S-Mets, Syracuse Mets, 34-46 and 46 on the year, ninth in the International League East. Uh, but but like I mentioned, um, really they aren't sitting incredibly too too far back at this point. Nine games, uh, they've been slowly but surely eating the lead out. Uh, Kyle, I think you mentioned it. Six of nine. Yep, six yeah. of nine. Uh, they they've really again they, they've come on pretty good as of late. Um, in Buffalo this week on Monday, July fourth, picked up the win, a four three victory. The pride of Frewsburg, Connor Gray picks up the win, four and three now on the year. Kyle Johnson, the loss. For Buffalo, two and two now for him. Steve Nogasek picks up the save, his fourth. Connor Gray, five innings pitched, five hits, two earned, two walks, and three strikeouts. Masuki Katu picked up a uh, double and a home run, a couple RBIs, a walk, and two runs scored, going two for three on the day. And a name that um, we'll mention also in a couple minutes here, Francisco Alvarez picked up his first hit as a AAA player, one for three, an RBI and a walk as well for him. Um so, really setting the table up nicely to get the week going with a nice victory for the S-Mets. And then yesterday on Wednesday, played a doubleheader. Game one was in the afternoon, a 9-4 to victory. Thomas Apucky picked up the win. Moves to 2-5 in the year, and Andrew Moore, the loss for Buffalo, 0-1. And, 
top performers. Apaki went five innings, four earned, three walks, six strikeouts. Really good start for him. Um, and then it was uh, quite the literal power play by the Mets in game one yesterday. Travis Blinkenhorn had two runs, two home runs. Then Devin Marrero, Khalil Lee, Kato, Travis Jankowski, and Mark Ventos all picked up home runs each. So the power was on full display for the S-Mets in game one. <laughs> How do you allow seven home runs in a seven-inning game? Yeah, in it's one an inning. of a doubleheader. <laughs> yeah, um, quite the power surge, I would say. <laughs> and then they went back-to-back-to-back to back to back in the fourth inning, I believe. Uh, Marrero, uh, Jankowski, and Kato. Yeah. So... That was crazy. Game two, not as fortunate. 6-4 loss. Joe Biagini picked up the win for Buffalo. 3-2 on the year for him now. Mikel Otanez, the loss, 3-1 for Syracuse. Save goes to Tyler uh, Sacido, his first on the year for Buffalo. Your top performers, Mark Ventios, uh, went 2-4. for four. Kramer Robertson went 2-3 for three with a solo home run. And Nick Plummer also hit a home run. Uh, well, one for three on the day. So, uh, look, at the very least, and this is something I do want to bring up here, and we can discuss this a little bit was um, the fact that Syracuse, finally, this offense is really just in a stride. Um, I went to the game last Thursday night up at Syracuse. Uh, was a good time. Preface it with that. Um, they've done a really great job. I, I hadn't been there post-pandemic, as I call it. Um, the renovations that they've done there are just absolutely killer, by the way. I, if you haven't been up there, get up there. Um, I know – you know, we talk about Frontier Field a lot here, but MT, MBT Bank Stadium, fantastic job. I, I can't recommend, uh, by the way, the, the, the bar out in left field. You could stand there and literally watch the whole game. Fantastic view. Um, but look, this offense finally just getting consistency out of themselves. and It's finally pulling themselves to me really over, over the top. It's tough. I mean, we, we talked about it here a couple of different times, but... I know the start of the year it kind of put them beyond the eight ball, but look, you, you carry the momentum a little bit. You know, some of the guys obviously come back to Syracuse next year anyway. Um, coaching staff will probably come back next year anyway. But as long as they carry that momentum, it can always carry next year. But like I said, they certainly aren't quite out of it just yet. Um, but really, you know, kudos to this offense. They're finding their stride. And look, the pitching is also vastly improved. It's, it's just that, you know, you can only do so much pitching-wise sometimes when your offense isn't behind you. Yeah, just look, since the beginning of June, they've won 19 of 32. Mm-hmm. That's pretty damn good yeah. considering they have 34 wins. Right. So a lot of their wins have come since the beginning of June. Yeah. Um, so some news and notes. Uh, he's listed as a left fielder now, but I know he's been playing some infield as well in DH. But infield outfielders, I'll call him Daniel Polka, was put on the temporarily inactive list. Random pitcher David Griffin was assigned from Double A Binghamton. Second baseman Luke Ritter was assigned to Double A Binghamton from Syracuse. Outfielder Quinn Brody was assigned to the Florida Complex League Mets from Syracuse. Catcher Nick Mayer, uh, Meyer was assigned to Double A Binghamton. Left fielder Terrence Gore, Royal Legend, was assigned to Syracuse from the F- Complex League Mets. Shortstop So Wei Lin has been activated. And catcher Francisco Alvarez was promoted to Triple A Syracuse from Double A Binghamton. Alvarez, um, one of the top prospects for the Mets. Really looking forward to seeing what he can do. Um, I know Jake Mangum is uh, on the injured list right now, but um, kind of figured right. I mean, slowly but surely, these these young guys would probably be coming up from Binghamton. It's where a lot of the top end prospects from the Mets were stashed this year. I know Beatty's still down there, but. Um, 
Alvarez is a really good catcher, um, kind of a plusish all around in a lot of categories. Obviously, impact right away on on Monday picked up his first career triple A hit and RBI. Uh, you know he's going to be really good, I think, um, and I'm I'm excited to see what he can do in Syracuse. I'm excited to see him play in Syracuse. Not often that uh, you get you know prospects like him, especially catching wise, nonetheless, uh, right in your own backyard. Yeah, and the good thing is they promoted him early enough, so we could. If you if you want to go out and see him, you got a couple of months to do that. Um, a lot of games still left, and yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how he does. And eventually, I uh, you know with the Mets when they call him up, it's going to be it's going to be great news for them. Yep. Um, I know for the rest of the weekend, uh, both Syracuse and Buffalo are TBA on pitching, but tonight's a four, a seven oh five start rather uh, in Buffalo at at Saline Stadium. So, um, well, I guess that both are home, both Rochester and Syracuse home next weekend. Can't remember who uh, Rochester's playing, but I do know for the first time in history, Syracuse will be hosting the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. So, get out. I know it's the Marlins. Hey, if you if you aren't sick of any Marlins stuff, that's the Marlins AAA team that they host next week. So, uh, should be exciting stuff there. Um, about does it. Yeah, that's it for Concrete Jungle this week. Um, any big plans for the weekend, Kyle? Nothing? Anything? Um, nothing. Next weekend, definitely. Don't yeah. Yankee Stadium. Yeah. But. Nate, anything over there for you? Uh, we'll get up to the Newark Pilots game tomorrow night. That's true. Me yep. and you on the call, uh, <laughs> taking on the Niagara Power. Should be a good one yeah. at uh, Colburn Stadium. Looking forward yeah, to it. Col- Colburn Park. Colburn Park Stadium. Yeah, it's all the same thing. Yeah. Hopefully it's a nine-inning game for you guys and not like six innings. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, Concrete Jungle, New York Baseball Podcast, produced by Nate Sharman. Uh, you can catch up anytime. Watch us live on YouTube or watch uh, After Effect on YouTube. Uh Watch and listen on Spotify or listen on Anchor. Collins, I'm Paul Russo. We'll talk to everybody on Monday. Awesome weekend.